I was at home the, uh, in my lounge the other day, and I noticed that there was an old newspaper uh, lying. We don't very often get newspapers, um, but we, we'd bought some because we were running low for the guinea pig. <laughs> so, so, uh, so we tend to buy something that's big and thick, and I, 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 I think it might have it might have been a Times, it might have been a Telegraph, I, I'm not quite sure. Um, so some, some years ago, I got into, into trouble at, uh, at one of my churches in Northampton um, when there was a, there'd been a giveaway of copy of The Sun. They were free uh, on one particular day. Uh, and I said in a sermon that uh, I wouldn't pick one up because it wasn't even worthy of my guinea pig. <laughs> and then afterwards, one of the members of the congregation collared me and said she got it every day for the crossword. It was the best crossword she felt. It was the one that she could do. Um, well, it wasn't a crossword that had been done in this copy of the newspaper that we had next door. It, it, I could see that somebody had had a go at one of the Sudoku puzzles. And the, there was three Sudoku puzzles on this page next to each other, a medium, a hard, and a fiendishly difficult, was what the title at the top said. And it was the one that was fiendishly difficult that had some numbers written in. Not the entire grid, just a few numbers and a few, oh, it might be a nine, it might be a six. And uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I used my own powers of deductive reasoning to determine that there's someone that had been tackling this issue, this problem that was there, this chosen puzzle, was my daughter. I came to that conclusion because there was only the two of us in the house, and I knew it wasn't me. I might have gone for the medium, I might have gone for the hard, but fiendishly difficult. Uh, and I said, why had she gone for the trickiest? Why that one? And she said, well, when she just looked at them, that was the one that she could actually spot some of the numbers could easily go into. She could say, although it may be getting the final solution to that problem was going to be fiendishly difficult, she could actually put some of the pieces in. Some of the numbers could go into it. So that was what she'd done. She'd not looked at the headings. She'd looked at the actual issue that was there, the numbers that were available and started popping them in. As I looked at a bit closer at the paper, I could see that there were actually a few pen marks where she'd tried to think, but then set it aside. She'd done that thing. She'd looked at them and went, I'll do what I can. I'll put in what I'm able to contribute. Sometimes we need to start from a point of view of not looking at labels, not looking at the big heading at the top of the page, 
because that might put us off from the solution, which might be very hard. But we have to go and discover what we're capable of and how we can make a contribution. How we can progress something, even if maybe not complete it. How we can put the numbers in, although we might not have the big picture. That's true in a number of areas in our life. It's true when we're dealing with situations where we're going, what is going on? What is this sadness? What is this worry? What is this complexity? What is this grief that we are facing? We sometimes can't put the whole thing in but we can sometimes put a little bit in, a small contribution that might help us move forward or someone else move forward towards a greater understanding of the factors that are facing them. Paul writes to Timothy to encourage and to give hope to Timothy's sharing of hope. He's saying you can make a difference by being who you are, by keeping things simple, by moving things along, by not getting bogged down. And this concept is there in that that kind of first line. Remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. That brief bit, is his gospel. Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. These three simple bits in a tiny sentence have hidden depths. They're like the the numbers that are maybe there at the start of the Sudoku puzzle or the letters somebody's already put into a crossword. they give us a glimpse of a bigger picture of the whole gospel that we can come to learn and discover more about and discover more about and discover more about as we keep learning and growing, whatever our age, however long we've been in a church. Jesus Christ, Jesus, God saves Christ, promised holy one, anointed one. You know, the more we look, the more that name and title, Jesus the name and the title Christ, we understand something about who he is and what his purpose was. Raised from the dead. Tell us firstly that Jesus died. You can't rise from the dead if you're not dead first, can you? The grave could not hold him. There is power in him, power over the grave, victory over death. 
And then after these two brief bits, Paul gives descended from David. And that might confuse us a little. Why shove in a bit of genealogy? Why at the end rather than at the beginning? You know, in Matthew and Luke, we get that genealogy, those genealogies at the beginning that tell us about who Jesus is. But to the followers of Jesus, it's not really until the resurrection and the appearance on the Emmaus Road that believers begin to comprehend the connection of Jesus, who is risen from the dead, who is in the term of the kings and the prophecies of the Old Testament. Another idea that we see in that descended from David is that sense that this person that we've just seen who has died and risen is a suffering servant. And it gives us a clue to his kingship and what sort of kingdom it really is. It's one of putting something in, of being the servant of even the highest actually being lowly. And then there's a third thinking we could put on that descended from David. Moving on from the risen Jesus to the Christ who will come again and bring a fullness of kingdom, a fullness that we long to see as we have grief as we have pain uh, as we wander about the world around us. Any of these little bits of understanding, these little nuggets of the gospel that can grow and expand would be enough, however, to upset some people. To us, it might bring us delight, great joy, something to celebrate, to rejoice about in those opening songs. But for others, it posed challenge. It posed challenge in the first century to Romans or to the Jewish community and to their understanding. And so it is that Paul finds himself chained up, a prisoner, because he proclaims the word. He says, I'm chained up, but you can't chain up the word. The word has to be spoken. The word has to be shared. The word has to go on. It has to be proclaimed. It has to come into our hearts and give more people life. Paul has had a hard time telling others about Jesus, but it doesn't stop him. It keeps him going. It drives him onwards. It inspires him more and more as he faces challenges, as he tells the truth. And it encourages him to send this encouragement onwards 
to Timothy. And, of course, Timothy feels challenged too. That's why he needs encouragement. That's why Paul's writing the letter. And there's times that we feel challenged. Times that we feel challenged by the circumstances around us, but also by the need to tell the story, to proclaim the gospel, to share it with others. Times that Timothy might feel as if he's talking to a brick wall or that he might be arrested, but yet he's encouraged to keep going. It's less likely that we're going to get arrested. I won't say it won't happen. But we might lose confidence at times. We need to keep going. It's through endeavor that there is gain. We have a story of hope for the world that people need to hear. And as we share it, we can be a hopeful people because we have a loving God. Paul, having given us a very brief gospel, goes on to give us a bit of a hymn, or maybe it's a poem. And he puts in couplets there, dying and living, enduring and reigning. And then we get to disowning and disowning. But the fourth one is rather, or rather the faith, is rather unusual. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. The words go together, but yet it shows that even when we fall away, God is still there. Throughout the scriptures, whenever an individual or a nation or indeed the whole of humanity go away from God, the great God who created all, continues to have love for all of his creation. He continues to have love for all people and continues to offer new hope. Jesus the Christ did not enter the world because we were perfect, because we had everything together, because we were holy. He came because we weren't holy and we don't have it all together and because we are far from perfect. But he came to rescue us from troubled seas that we've sung about, from muddy muddy pits that the psalmist writes about, from the slime of sin that we fall into each day. And Paul rejoices in this truth. It gives him constant strength. It encourages him. It leads him forward in his service. And Paul reminds 
Timothy and reminds us that God's love is there. And so we keep on going. And so we keep on going. But do we? Do we at times keep on going? Do we at times even begin? Paul was encouraging Timothy to do one of the things that we maybe struggle with most in our church. Our mission to make disciples. We all have a part to play in the Great Commission. But I think many of us sort of think of it and go, oh, that's a bit too hard. Even before starting a conversation, even before we approach somebody that we know, let alone someone that we don't know, we start to build a wall. And we hang that sign on it, fiendishly difficult. To go there has got to be an impossible task. Why do you even bother? What's the point of starting it? Because they're probably not going to listen. They're probably going to respond in a negative way. And we build that on ourselves. And so we don't pick up the pen. We don't say hello. We don't go into the conversation that shares something of love. Last year, when OM came for the weekend, uh, they, they shared the idea of simply asking people an icebreaker. A simple question. If you had one wish, if you had one wish, what would it be? And then having listened, they challenged us to respond by saying, what the one wish God has for the world. Some of us last year might have got a little black band with pictures, a precious jewel, darkness to light, the hand of Jesus that is pierced, and hands being held together. And a similar set of symbols of the, the, the four points are a heart, a cross, that's an X, and then a cross like the one of Jesus, and a question mark indicating God's love for all, that he thinks we're precious, that all have sinned, we've been in darkness and need to move into light. that Jesus has come for us and died for us. But we need to decide whether we're going to take God's hand 
whether we are going to be in that relationship. We need to make that decision in our life. Four simple pictures, four simple points that we can share and speak to others about that communicate that gospel that we have. The way we share our faith has to be something we're comfortable with, and maybe you're not comfortable doing it that way. But the idea of sharing our faith, our hope, our life, is something that we must do. It's not something that's optional. It's the reason that we gather as a church. We gather to share together in that telling of the story of God's great love. It's why we sing our praise. It's why we can come before Him and pray. It's why we bother to read the Word and why you have to listen to me for 20 minutes or thereabouts. It's that sense of learning and knowing a God who cares about us. But He doesn't just care about us. We have to take it onwards too. So although we are a gathered church, we have to be a scattered church during the week. As we go, may we make sure that we share something of that story As Paul put it, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. May we take that simpleness, but may it be something that's deep in our heart and something that comes out of our heart too, ready to share with others.